Hi everyone, this is the Business Boot Up edition of the Dreamers and Doers podcast. I'm Aria and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Sammy Grace. It's great to be here today. Hello, Aria. Yes, it is. So each week we'll come to you live from the Loveworks campus where you will hear interviews from our younger and more experienced entrepreneurs who will hopefully inspire, educate, and give you action steps to help your leadership and business. The Business Boot Up podcast partners with the Norman Chamber of Commerce who advocates to see Norman, Oklahoma be a thriving business community. And Biz Boot Up is powered by First United Bank Norman. First United is not your typical bank. Their purpose is to inspire and empower others to spend life wisely. Thank you, Norman. Thank you, Norman Chamber of Commerce and First United Bank for helping to see our youngest entrepreneurs achieve their business dreams. Now let's get into our interview. Today we're joined by dreamers and doers, Kevin and Hannah Gallion. Yes, so Kevin and Hannah Gallion are founded by Gallion Sports Nutrition in February of 2020. The grand opening was July 14th, 2020. As Norman locals, they decided it was time for Norman to have a supplement and sports nutrition store based solely on helping guests reach their goals. They look to bring in products unlike any in the area and find companies that support brick and mortar. They strive to make every experience in our store in their store comfortable and welcoming. No matter your goals, they are here to support and encourage you. Their motto is stronger together because they believe to grow, you must unite and support. They are here to give back to our community and help build a passion for healthy lifestyles. So hello, how are you guys today? Good. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for joining us. So we're the Dreamers and Doers podcast and we'd like to know, do you both consider yourself more of a dreamer or a doer? So I think I'm more of a doer, um, whereas Kevin is more of the dreamer. He is the doer, but he definitely is the dreamer more than I am. Yep, I would definitely agree with that. I, I will do things every day, of course, but dreaming, it, it, it was definitely my idea to, to make this happen uh, at Galleon Sports Nutrition, and we yeah. just took action from there. For sure. So we're going to go back into the past just a little bit, and you guys can both answer this question. Like, what was life like for you growing up? Do you think that's where you founded your dreaming and doing I mean, I've always been a leader in different ways, whether I was the most outspoken or the loudest one that you would hear in the hallways. So in that way, I've been a doer. You know, I like uh, being center of attention, and I was a theater kid. Um, So in that way, yeah, I've always been just really loving being in charge. Yeah, in my end, uh, it was definitely more dreaming. I was very creative. I always wrote a lot. Uh, I I became kind of the leading position as well, uh, captain of the soccer team and stuff like that. but the creative side, I was uh, doing some broadcast journalism in high school as well. So, like, I just always wanted to do new things. So, uh, but the sports nutrition definitely was always on my mind. I felt like I always wanted to help people be healthy. Uh, and then it just kind of clicked one day. So, it's cool. That's nice. So, when you were growing up, did your dream job have anything to do with starting and running your own business? So, yeah, back to that, kind of. I mean, Sort of. <laughs> I, I used to think I wanted to either be on Broadway or be a marine biologist. So neither <laughs> of those are what we're doing now. Um, but then it just kind of fell into this, and it really lined up with everything we wanted. And we get to, you know, make our own lives how we want them to be. For me, it was uh, I wanted to be a soccer player. I played 25 years of soccer. Um, and it, it was really, I noticed that I just, like I said, wanted to be healthier. And I, I knew I could help a lot of people. And that's, you know, in my role, I always wanted to help people, and this was a great way to do that. I just found passion in, in what I do. And I think that's one thing that's important is just finding that passion. And that's when we were younger, that's what, what it was, finding passions and following those. So. I love that. So, you know, you guys have a business, and we know that starting a business is not easy. Um, and we know that you have a partner to make it, you know, easier to go through. So which, what would you say are the best parts of getting to have a business with someone that you trust? We work really well together. Kevin and I have that 
ultra communication where, you know, we may not even have to say it out loud, but we are able to communicate and we get through things. Even if there's an argument, we move past it because we know how to communicate so well with each other. Yeah, we really clicked from the get-go. Uh, I actually got her hired at, her, at, I guess, your first job, right? Or second job. Second-ish kind of. job, yeah. But uh, I was working somewhere, and I just noticed she had a little bit of uh, extra something, and I, I knew she would be a great worker. And then I just obviously found out she, we worked well together. And then uh, that relationship grew, obviously, later on down the road. So it was cool. So yeah. we met and worked together from the get-go <laughs> before we were even a couple. Yeah. So we've worked really together neat. for a while now. Yeah. That's a really nice answer. So a lot of our listeners are students who are either just starting their business or they just have an idea to do something. What do you feel are a few important things to know when starting a business? Yeah, I would say make sure you do your research. Uh, know exactly who your demographic is, your location, and everything you need to know. And it's constantly evolving. Everything is. So make sure you're staying up to date, getting new information. Yeah, uh, she hit around the nail. Planning, research, Um don't be afraid to go outside the box, though, and, and stay consistent with your ideals from the get-go. Like, if you have a certain way you want to be, don't let the other people convince you to do something else just because it's the most popular thing. I think that's what makes Guy in Sports Nutrition also so special is because we are doing something different. We're not just trying to be the, the box name brand that you might find everywhere else. Uh, so, it's, yeah, just follow those uh, those, those instincts a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. And kind of with that, you know, you guys are starting something new that's never been out there. And so, you know, challenges are often mm-hmm. happening. And so what has been some of your greatest challenges and how have you overcome them? So, I mean, we renovated the entire place ourselves with some help from friends. So first of all, that was a 2,500 square foot space. That was a massive renovation. So that was exhausting. And we've never done anything like that No, we are not renovators. We are not (laughs) home improvement people. Um, So that was one of the toughest things. But like he said, I think not letting things get you down when you see other places, not following the cookie cutter ways, um, and really just ignoring what the other people who may be considered competition do, but just thriving on our own ideals yeah um to piggyback on that um the time you waste uh that's a challenge too like you have to figure out what what is really most important at that that time so that's a challenging thing for me all the time but you know having kids having a career having hobbies uh great relationships you know we have so many different things that we're trying to put our invest ourselves into so prioritizing that is a soup yeah Yeah. balance so that's probably the most challenging thing for me uh yeah so just use your time wisely and that it's so funny you get told that for so long (laughs) right but it's it's so simple all the answers really are so simple when you look at it yeah so you have your business you have busy schedules and you're also renovating your building so what is a dream that you're working on right now I mean, I one of the dreams we're working on right now is to get our smoothies up and running at our store. We're also looking to eventually expand our store. Um, another thing, I think, is also just getting into the community more. Mm-hmm. So we try to be involved in the Norman community as much as possible in the you know surrounding communities and just getting them involved with our business so they know that we really are here to support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, getting the word out for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, looking, you know, this is this podcast is more towards the, the kids. And so we want to know, you know, what is— one life lesson that you wish someone in middle or high school would have shared with you when you were in middle or high school? That's that's a tough, tough question. <laughs> what do you have? I mean, I think the biggest thing is knowing that you're, it's always going to change. I like to have a plan. I am such a planner. And so <laughs> knowing that your plans are going to change and just being okay with it and moving on, you know, and 
it's okay when things change. If you don't do what everyone else is doing, it's okay. And that was tough for me because I wanted a specific plan, but that's not how life is. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, so there's so many things that I wish I would have done different, of course, but then I look back at my life and I'm like, well, look at where I am now. What if I would have changed all those things? So advice is kind of hard for me other than maybe um, networking. Uh, From the youngest, I remember I I was always just trying to be friends with everybody. I think that's that's a great thing to do because if you can do that, you know, this person might help you be able to figure out this and learn one thing. And then this other person might be able to help you learn something else. So just having a community and really just networking through people, um, that's something I, I think that everybody could do from a young age and just be friendly. That's, you know, <laughs> that's a very easy way to to get a network, you know, get a community around you, community, yeah. community around you. That is really important, especially when you have a business. Mm -hmm. So this is another question for our listeners. And for our last question, do you have a tip of any kind that you want to share? That Yeah. Um, I think the most important things we've kind of touched on, um, you know, be open to new ideas, but always be true to yourself. Um, I think there's a lot of things that come from your own innovation. Uh, We are all so unique in our own ways. We all have different uh, mindsets that, you know, different environments we've grown up in. So, we all have experiences that can lead us to new things. So definitely trust that. Um, I but think yeah. also just continuing to learn. Because So on the back of our T-shirts, there's a quote, and it says, um, to improve is to change, to perfect is to change often. So, yeah, change often, learn what's going on, mm-hmm. keep going, have fun, and mm-hmm. just keep, you know, furthering your education on everything. Yeah. I love that so much. Kevin, um, Hannah, thank you so much for your time. I know that we and those that listen are going to be so much better for it. So before we, you know, wrap this up, um, where can we find more information about you and Galleon Nutrition? Yeah, so uh, we are on Instagram. It's Galleon Sports Nutrition. Um, We do have a website. It's not fully up and running to order products, but you can go to galleonsportsnutrition.com. We're at 2228 West Main Street in Norman, so we're right there in the Crunch parking lot. Uh, same shopping center, and did I yeah. hit everything? I think I, think I did. Uh, Facebook, oh, Facebook well. is Galleon Sports <laughs> Nutrition. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's about it. Well, Aria, that, that was an awesome interview. Was. So what was something that stuck out to you that you think the audience can go and do now? For me, it was to be prepared for change and to do your dreams in your own unique way. Yeah, I love it. I love that they're, they're talk, I love how they were talking about planning and, and researching and just like knowing your stuff and mm-hmm. making sure that you, you're prepared, and I really do love that. Me too. So next week, we'll be back with two new business owners that will hopefully inspire, educate, and give you a powerful point of action to grow your idea or business. Also, remember to find us on our new profile, the Biz Buddha Podcast on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Yes, and we want to send out another huge thank you to Norman Chamber of Commerce, First United Bank, and and LoveWorks Leadership for believing in our youngest entrepreneurs. And remember, real leaders don't blend in. They stand out. Dream big. And do your dreams. Bye, y'all. Hello, everybody. This is the Business Build-Up Edition of the Dreamers and Doers podcast. I'm Brayden. I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Aria. Hi, Brayden. Each week, we'll come to you live from the LoveWorks campus, where you will hear interviews from our youngest and most experienced entrepreneurs, who will hopefully inspire, educate, and give you an action step to help your leadership and business. The Biz Middle Podcast partners with Norman Chamber of Commerce to educate see Norman, Oklahoma be a thriving business community. It is also powered by First United Bank Norman, who's not like your typical bank. Their goal is to inspire and empower others to spend life wisely. So a big thank you to Norman Chamber of Commerce and First United Bank for helping see our youngest entrepreneurs achieve their business dream. So let's get into our first dreamer and doer, Hattie Shepard. Hattie Shepard. 
founded the amenity program in February of 2020 to increase interaction between the youth and the senior community and to reduce senior isolation. She met a lonely senior and came to the realization that engagement and dialogue across generations would be beneficial for both parties. Based on feedback from seniors, their family members, and caregivers, the amenity program feels that we are fulfilling the objective and look forward to working with Riley's Way to continue their work. The amenity program's mission is to increase intergenerational interaction interaction through a pin pal program connecting by phone, our box program, which provides art supplies to senior citizens and our card making initiative that sends homemade cards to seniors. I love that so much. Howdy, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you? I am doing so, so well. We're super pumped to get into this interview and learn more about you and your story. Yeah, so we're really excited. What is the MD program and what inspired you to create this nonprofit organization? So the Amity program is something that I started when I was, I think, 14 in February of 2020. And it was because I had started visiting a family friend who was 94 at the time. And we would catch up and play ping pong. And she taught me backgammon. She also makes the only split pea soup that I like. Um, (laughs) It was an incredibly important person to have in your life. Um, And... So not only did I learn a lot um, from in terms of games, but I also would learn a lot from our conversations. And she had people in her family coming in and out of her apartment all the time. She even played ping pong with the doorman, so um, which is incredible for a 94-year-old. And all the doormen would, when I came down to leave, they would be like, so who won? And unfortunately, I would have to say I lost sometimes, (laughs) Um, but you can't have it all. And but when I when it came time for me to go, it was clear that she didn't want me to go and she was quite lonely. And that was something that stood out to me, especially because, you know, she had family in and out. She talked to the doorman. She didn't necessarily leave the apartment very much, but she definitely wasn't alone. Um, And so then I started thinking about there are so many people who don't have family members visiting or doormen to play ping pong with. And that sort of hit very close to home because I was thinking, you know, my grandmother lives in a different state than I do. uh, And she definitely doesn't have family coming in and out. And so I started thinking about people who didn't even have family at all. And or have a phone and can't talk to people. So I started the pen pal program so that we could reach seniors that might be the most isolated, um, especially if they don't have technology. Um, And it's just it felt like a very accessible way. And students found it exciting. You know, you don't get letters all the time. And so being able to start a relationship using the postal service was really interesting. I love that so much. I know. When was the last time you got a personal letter? Yeah, that is so, so great. And I, I can really see the heart behind that. I'm, I'm so glad that we kind of got to dive in the heart behind everything. Because I, I feel like that was really a driving factor. I love to hear that. Yeah. And each branch, I feel like, has um, a personal story behind it. So once the pandemic hit that uh, fateful weekend in March of 2020, I realized that it was no longer feasible to have people sending letters and going to the post office. So within that weekend, I switched the entire program to being a telephone correspondence program. And so that is how that branch became formed. 
Um, and then in June of 2020, I continued my volunteering with my local neighborhood house's adult daycare program for people with dementia. And I was realizing how much of, how much more work seen, um, seniors and caregivers, as well as family members in general, as, and um, caregivers who are paid and caregivers who are not, are all doing so much more work during this time of the pandemic. And so I noticed that these caregivers were tired and they needed a break. And so I started the Art Box program, which makes monthly delivery of free art supplies to those living with dementia. And I think that that was something that was really interesting to me because I do art on my own and I also do a lot of work with people with dementia. And that's something that's both scientifically and socially fascinating. And then finally, the, the last project that was kind of more intergenerational was the card making program and schools started coming to me in large groups wanting all their students to get involved with the Amity program and that was challenging you know I had to say no I, I can't pair up um, 200 students with seniors in a weekend so I decided to start the card making program where anyone can make a card and I distribute it to seniors living in retirement communities or alone. And it's really lovely and people enjoy getting the cards. They're incredibly sweet. We've had people all over the country make them and all over the country get them. And I think that that's really exciting because it's sort of similar to the pen pal program, but it definitely has a lower commitment and it allows people to showcase their artistic ability. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last program that I've actually started is doing, it's called the Student Leadership Division because my experience in founding the Amity program like, has been an incredibly formative part of my high school experience. And I just love for other people to be able to gain the, the skills that I've learned and the experience that I've had. And so I, in this program, I will pass along in experiential learning opportunities, you know, the opportunities to public speak, to manage a team, to outreach for nonprofit organizations and, you know, implement kind leadership. And I think that that's what drew me to the Riley's Way Foundation. And I've been involved with them and gotten their Call for Kindness Fellowship. And I think that that is something that not only do you get a grant for the Call for Kindness, but you are able to be part of such an amazing network of people who are all kind and empathetic leaders. And that's something that's really stood out to me and something that I wouldn't have necessarily had if I hadn't started the Amity program. That, that is wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for sharing, like, and especially in such depth, like all the programs that you got going on. It's really, really amazing to hear, you know, just hearing that perspective. So kind of in the similar, similar area, we know that starting all that and doing that is not easy, especially working in that like nonprofit area. And so we kind of want to know and just to help our younger entrepreneurs get into there. What were some of the early challenges, even challenges that you face now, but how did you overcome them? Well, I think one of the earliest challenges was in, in applying for nonprofit status was filing for a name. That seems like very simple. <laughs> It was the first step and you, you sort of start out and you're like, all right, this should be fine. 
But when I was going through that process, it was the beginning of the pandemic and the IRS was incredibly behind. And so I had to wait months for our original name idea to be declined and then wait several more months to hear that, you know, the Amity program incorporated was approved. And so once the name was finalized, I was able to continue with incorporating the organization and establishing its tax exempt status. Um, and this process was one where the internet and my dad were especially helpful um, because overall the forms are relatively straightforward, but there are small things that you kind of, you, it's nice to have someone proofread your work. Um, <laughs> Even though my dad has never done this before, he's never, you know, incorporated an organization and made it have um, tax exemption, um, but we were able to work together. And I think that that was a really fun project. Um, most of the time it was him looking at a form and being like, that seems fine. If it's not, they'll send it back. And that's pretty much what they do. Um, and another challenge that has increased over time, but definitely was something I was conscious of in the beginning, is reaching seniors. Because one obvious issue is that the seniors we are trying to reach have little interaction with their communities. So I've had to troubleshoot how to get in touch with as many older adults as possible, especially those who are incredibly isolated. And obviously our programming is meant for any older adult. You do not have to be uh, isolated in any way. You can just want to talk to someone in a different generation. But, you know, this founding of the organization was definitely aiming to reach as many and as isolated as possible. And so I think that that's something that has definitely shifted. I've been much more interested in just reaching intergenerational interaction in general but I think definitely in the back of my mind, uh, increasing intergenerational interaction with the goal of reducing senior isolation still remains very important to me. And the way that I've worked through this issue has been working more with communities and less with individuals. Um, obviously, individuals are the participants, but it's important to have communities who are interested in connecting. And so I've done this through working with senior centers and retirement communities, as well as, you know, senior citizen networks, and whether that's online or a mailing, that's sort of the way that I've been able to reach the audience that I would like to reach. Um, and this challenge definitely continues to be one that our team works to address to this day. Uh, and something that keeps me motivated despite this obstacle is like the knowledge that the Amity program has positively impacted so many students and older adults already. Um, and so I, this is something that I know from lovely emails and notes and chocolates and, you know, stories that I'm able to be told. So I think that in the end, despite how challenging this can be, uh, it definitely, the rewards outweigh it. I love that so much. And I, I really loved how you said, like, of course, working with that, the individual is really important, but it is really a community. Like, that, that is such a big thing. I feel like it's also a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs is they're always focused on the individual. But, like, breaking into the community is where it's at. Because, yeah, the community <laughs> supporting you, like, you're going you're gonna to be able to go far. So I love that you hit on that. Yeah, so about that community, you have a really strong network supporting your organization. So how do you build that community? I would say that, I talk about the Amity program whenever it possibly could become relevant. I would say 
potentially even in moments that it's not the most relevant. I still find it's obviously something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And so I'm happy to talk about it for hours. And so I do. And I think that that is something that I was a very quiet child. Um, and that has been something I've had to grow into. And definitely that's part of why I'm interested in the student leadership division that I've just started um, because I was quiet. In third grade, if I had said that I would be, you know, presenting in front of an audience at school or anywhere, I would have been like, no, no, you're not. And so now the fact that that is something that comes naturally to me and I do it often is really, really interesting. And so I think that even if you're unsure about what you're saying or you're not quite sure that people are going to want to listen, I say you should talk about it anyway. And if you want, you can practice it or write it out and memorize it. But I think in the end, when you're so interested and so invested, it really just comes naturally. Like you do not need to have something memorized. And I think that that was something that I was worried about. Um, definitely when I was a freshman, just starting it. Um, but it's been something that's definitely declined. I would also say just kind of lean into your family if there is anyone like it could be the most distant cousin who you've never met but they sort of work with something that you kind of want them to to get into I would say reach out um worst thing they can say is no that goes for everyone whether they're family or not I think that's you have to get over the fear of rejection really like what's what's going to happen if they say no, very little, you can ask someone else. Um, and so I think just offering yourself up for internships, offering yourself up to do different projects and volunteer. And if it's possible for you, try to do, if it's possible, and obviously this is you know, reliant on different financial situations, but to do volunteer experience, um, and unpaid work if that's how you're able to get the experience. Um, and there are obviously other opportunities for you to do it paid. But if you can't, you know, look into Riley's way. Um, they can, they have a grant program. There are sometimes schools have stipends for community service. And I just think that you should lean into the resources that you might have. That was a really helpful answer too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kind of going in a little bit different, looking towards the future, looking at the dreaming part of Dreamers and Doers, what is next on the horizon? Do you have any like plans for new programs or anything that you can share with us about what's next? Well, actually, part of the student leadership division um, and our first meeting is coming up and is that we will be developing a new branch of the Amity program. And it's very exciting. I don't know what it will be because the students in this a program will actually pitch it and then everyone will decide collaboratively upon um, the final result. And then we will work with our community and to be able to launch it. And I think that that is something that I'm so incredibly excited about because not only do I not know what the program will be, but I know it will be designed by people who care and it will serve and support all communities that are involved. That's great. So what's one of the biggest things you've learned about business from running this program? Well, I think in many ways, 
a nonprofit isn't that different than a for-profit. Obviously, you're not making money off of it in the same way that you would for a for-profit organization, but you still have sales and a value proposition that you have to have. And so I think that I've learned about sales and having to speak to individuals and seeing if they're interested and reaching out to all kinds of organizations to see if they have participants who might want to get involved. Um, I've also learned that you have to make a lot of these calls and be persistent and um, have communication and marketing um, all the time because sometimes they'll say no, but other times they might pass you along to a different organization if it isn't feasible for them or just say yes and you're involved with that organization. So I think that circles back to what I was saying before, but asking and the worst thing that can come back is a no. Um, and then another thing I've learned about business is it's a lot more about public speaking than you might think. I think that there's an element of, yes, there's a lot of background work and you're you know, doing all of the things behind the scenes. But in the end, it's really you have to share your story. You have to share what the organization is doing. And that comes down to how are you going to present the brand of the Amity program and how will all of the participants be able to embody what the Amity program values. That's really, I, I love that. Like in public speaking, not only the, like the mindset of like getting up public, but like you're representing not only yourself, but your company, your nonprofit. And so mm -hmm. it is so, so important, like how you represent yourself, your brand. And so I love that. Like I can see you actively living that out. And that's so great. Um, for our very last question, do we, do you have a tip of, any kind that you would love to share to our listeners out there who want to work or own or their own nonprofit or go out there and anything, what is that one tip that you want to give them? Well, I tried to think about this and I thought about, I ended up um, with, it's not necessarily difficult to establish programming and tax exemption. It just takes time. And so it's incredibly important to maintain connections throughout this time and just continue your passion for the project. If you lose passion and you lose interest and you lose the desire to continue with what you're doing, it is not going to work out. You have to continue doing things that you love and do and what you love, especially in regards to the organization um, and sort of keeping yourself fulfilled, but also making sure that you keep on the connections that you're working with um, and don't let people slip away because they haven't responded um, right away. I think that that's something you kind of have to get over. They might not respond in a week, but if you follow up, they might respond in two weeks. So I think don't get discouraged um, and understand that it will take time and effort, but it's completely doable. That is such, I have like, I'm, I'm out here if you ever see like the whole screen shaking, I'm writing notes. So that is so, so good. Addie, Thank you so, so much for your time. I know the, those who listens, I know I'm better for it and they'll hopefully be better as well. But before we completely wrap up, where can we find more information about the Amity program and you know, plug yourself? Or how can we support you? Well, the Amity program can be found on Instagram at, at the real Amity program, um, as well as LinkedIn. Um, and we do have a Facebook. It's not very active. I would go to the, link, uh, the Instagram. We have great content there. Um, and our website is amityprogram.org. And we have all of our programming up there. We have a blog where we have a lot of interesting articles. 
Um, and you can get in touch with me through the website. So I think you should definitely check out our site um, and our Instagram. Awesome. Viewers, listeners, you know where to find find it. All right. I'm going to – hopefully this works. All right. Aria, that was an awesome interview. So what was something that really stuck out to you? Something that stuck out to me was that uh, following your dream might take some time, but everything will be doable in the end, so don't give up. Uh, you know, I, I, love, I love that just because there's a huge, huge emphasis on, like, not giving up. And one of the big things is something that I've really – I've had to learn the hard way, and I've, I'm really glad that we got a hit on this today was the worst thing they could say is no. I feel like that is it, – it's we have such a fear sometimes – and I feel like putting away that fear and just like going out there and asking, like, especially if you were a younger person out there, like you're, you know, young and you're wanting to start a business, like the worst thing they can say is no, but most adults won't say no to a cute little kid. And so go out there and ask and get advice, find those people. They're going to do wonders for your company or for you in general. Um, but viewers, next week we'll be back with two new business owners that will hopefully inspire, educate, and give you a powerful point of action to grow your idea or business. And also remember you're awesome for being on our new on our new channel. I can't find the word. So make sure that if you're already here and you know somebody that isn't, send it to them. They need to be here. It's awesome all the time here. So and again, we want to send a huge thank you to Northern Chamber of Commerce, First United Bank, Love and LoveWorks Leadership for believing in our youngest entrepreneurs. And remember, real leaders don't blend in. They stand out. Dream big. And do your dreams. See y'all.